Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. Spring is the season when many Americans head back to the golf course and discover that their clubs aren't the only things that have been gathering dust all winter. For all its quiet nonchalance, golf is still an athletic activity, and hitting a bucket of balls for the first time in months has a way of reminding a golfer about all the different body parts that are activated in a single swing. Having a repeatable swing is key to having a good golf game, but with that repetition comes risk for injury to backs, elbows, shoulders, and more. Physical therapist Michael Mulcahy treats injured golfers, and in today's episode, he takes us through typical golf-related injuries and offers prevention tips that can help golfers strengthen themselves and their game. Here's our interview with Michael Mulcahy. So, Michael, let's start with the basics. What's the most common injury that you see in physical therapy for golfers? For sure, low back is the most common injury that we see. Research shows that 28 to 35 percent of all golf injuries are lower back. And then what other injuries do you see? After that, elbow injuries or golfer's elbow comes in at about 25 to 30 percent of the cases. Hand and wrist injuries are, you know, about 15 percent. Shoulders are about 10 to 15 percent. And then we see very few lower extremity injuries, knee, ankle type injuries. So let's focus on the back there for a little bit. Low back pain is common amongst a lot of Americans, not just golfers. Why is low back pain such a common golfing injury? Well, a lot of golfers and people in general do not have sufficient strength in their core. So the core is made up of the lower abdominal muscles, your back extensor muscles, and your hip muscles, especially your your glute muscles. So we find that there's often weakness in those areas. Because of that, the spine doesn't have the support it needs. The muscles are not doing their job. And with golf, there's quite a bit of rotation through the body. So if the muscles are not taking those forces, then the structures in your spine are going to be taking them, such as the disc, the facet joints can get irritated and inflamed. And on top of that, I've also noticed working with golfers that their posture over the ball, their posture at a dress is not very good. Often to get the club down to the ground, they flex through their spine instead of keeping their spine more in a neutral position or a straight position and hinging more at the hip joint. That way they can get the club down to the ground but yet keep their spine in a safer, more neutral position. So those are some reasons why golfers are more prone to low back injuries. So, you know, one of the secrets of a good golf swing is to be able to repeat it, right? You know, you find it and then you're able to do it over and over and over again. I assume the injuries with golf then are sort of the amount of stress built up over time from an improper swing, if you will, or just being, as you said, kind of having that muscle imbalance, or do you tend to see people who threw out their back, so to speak, on a single swing? You know, when you think about golf, a lot of people think it's not a very strenuous 
sport and there wouldn't be a lot of injuries. But actually, there's about 55,000 visits to the emergency room in the United States annually related to golf injuries. It's not usually a single swing. I think it's the cumulative effect, you know, over 18 holes of golf. It just adds up. You know, it starts to irritate your back or your elbow tendonitis, and you just keep playing, keep swinging. There's a lot of ground reaction force that's coming up through the body. And over time, it finally gets bad enough where the structures get inflamed and you get some pain and injury. So you mentioned the problem with weak core muscles. To avoid that low back pain for golfers, some of it is, as you mentioned, their swing itself. But what about the muscle imbalances? What about flexibility? What are things that they should keep in mind to keep a healthy back and healthy other body parts? You know, I'm a physical therapist, and, you know, that's what we do. We evaluate patients to identify areas in their body where they're weak, areas where they're too tight, and then we create exercise programs to address those areas. So with golf... The key movements is really rotation. And, you know, the main areas in the golf swing where you get rotation should be in your hips and your thoracic spine or your mid-back. But often we find that those areas are very tight on patients. You know, and if your hips are tight and your thoracic spine is tight, you're going to have to rotate somewhere. So what happens is people will compensate without even knowing it and put too much rotation through their lumbar spine. And that's part of what creates injuries in the low back as well. So we do a lot of stretches for hip muscles, the hip rotators, hamstring stretching. I have people lie on their side and stretch their thoracic spine. So those are some of the key areas with stretching that will help get you that proper rotation that you need with golf. Whether it's rotation or posture, are there ways that somebody can check themselves, whether they're looking in a mirror or something like that, to see if maybe they have problems in this area? Yes. First of all, I'd have the golfer get into their address position like they were going to hit a golf ball in front of a mirror. And then we would use the mirror to provide some visual feedback. So a lot of times the golfer thinks that they're in good alignment or good posture over the ball, and they're quite surprised when they look in the mirror and see that they're really not. You know, they're too flexed through their spine. So a tip to help correct that is to take an iron and turn it upside down and put it behind your back and line up the grip with your belt line and then the club is right along your spine and what you try to do is you try to keep your spine against the club and get into your golf address position. So you're trying to keep your spine straight and then hinge at your hips and that's a good technique, you know, along with the mirror to provide some visual feedback. And if they do it enough, you know, it'll feel more normal over time. So that's posture-based. What about rotation? Is there a way for me to see if I'm rotating my hips and not my lumbar spine? How do I check things like that? You know, when you get into the technique, there really is no substitute for a golf professional. I make it clear to the golfer that I'm going to help them improve their posture and improve their muscle balance get them stronger where they need to be, and get them more flexible. But when it gets down to the details of the swing mechanics, they really should also see a golf professional for that. Let's talk about some of the other injuries. You mentioned golfer's elbow. What is that? Golfer's elbow is, you know, if you look down at your arm and you have your palm facing up, the inside part of the elbow, there's a tendon there, and that can get inflamed, and that's what golfer's elbow is. Tennis elbow is 
the tendon that's more on the outside of the elbow. And to be honest with you, we see golfers with tennis elbow just as much as we see golfers with golfer's elbow. So they're both very common. And then is that, again, sort of a repetitive stress thing? Is that a muscle imbalance thing? What usually causes that? The repetitive swinging throughout a round, you end up with a lot of ground reaction force that's coming up through your arm into that elbow area. And you're asking those muscles to do a lot of work throughout a round of golf. And it's just overuse. The tendon gets inflamed and you know, we treat that a lot in physical therapy. We teach patients how to get in there and do some self-cross friction massage to loosen up that tendon and work some of that micro scar tissue out of that area. And then we teach patients how to do the stretching and low-level exercise with active range of motion exercises. And then over time, the goal is to build up the strength in those muscles. And then on that note, are there good prevention things to avoid golfer's elbow in the first place? You know, I have read that you can consider using wider grips. That can help decrease the forces up in the elbow and go to graphite shafts versus steel shafts, which can help reduce a little bit of the ground reaction force coming up. So those are some considerations. And then what about hand and wrist injuries? You mentioned those as well. We don't see those as much. I have read in the literature that wrist injuries actually are the most common injury for female professional golfers, and it's probably due to the sheer number of balls they hit because they practice so much. So there's a lot of that ground reaction force and compression coming through their hands and wrists, and, you know, it's just that you got to calm down the inflammation and eventually build the strength up in the wrist so it can handle the forces. And then what about in the shoulders? We see quite a few shoulder injuries as well, and most of the time it's rotator cuff tendonitis. A lot of golfers have weakness in their shoulder blade and rotator cuff muscles. So, you know, we work on strengthening those areas. I have read, too, in the literature that it's usually the leading shoulder that gets injured in golf. So if you're right-handed, it would be your left shoulder. You mentioned that you have a low frequency of sort of those leg injuries, those lower extremity injuries. That said, are there benefits to the other parts of your body by strengthening those areas? In other words, if I have stronger legs, might I have a better chance of preventing low back pain? Absolutely. Your gluteal strength in your hips is very important in terms of supporting your low back. So everything kind of works together. You know, when we're developing an exercise program, we really are looking at the whole body when it comes to golf. And we're going to give you exercises that will increase your leg strength, your core strength, your shoulder strength. Really, the power in golf comes from those areas, from your core, your hips, and your shoulders. So I know from a golf swing perspective, I want to be able to be balanced over the golf ball as I make my swing. That's the only way I'm going to be successful. How important is balance just to my health as a golfer? Well, balance is very important because... When you're swinging, you are shifting your weight back. So they say that you're shifting 75% of your weight to your rear leg in your backswing. And then as you come through into your follow-through, the majority of your weight is then shifted onto your left leg if you're a right-handed golfer. So there is a lot of dynamic balance movement that's occurring in the body. 
it's a good idea to incorporate in your exercise program some balance exercises where you're challenging your body to maintain dynamic control with movement. So we'll do things like we'll have the patient stand on one leg and with some TheraBand work on a partial backswing type motion. So we're trying to mimic the golf swing somewhat, but we're really working on the dynamic control that they need in their core and through the leg to maintain good position while they're swinging. You mentioned treatment there, and it was kind of implied in some of your previous answers. I know you kind of take that full-body approach, but when we go back to low back pain, for example, a golfer with a low back problem, are you going to treat that low back pain any differently than you might treat somebody who isn't a golfer, keeping in mind you're sort of trying to obviously stop the pain but also prepare them to keep golfing? So how would you maybe treat their low back pain conscious of the fact that golf is one of their goals? I mean, it depends on how bad the pain is. Low back pain can be so bad that it stops a golfer. They just can't do it. You know, they're in so much pain. At that point in the rehab process, we have to calm the pain down, and we use a lot of different techniques to do that, from manual therapy in the form of soft tissue mobilization to manual traction in some cases, and progressive gentle exercise working on getting the core activated. We'll start with some stretches for the hips, muscles if they're tight there. But ultimately, we want to move that patient into standing stabilization exercises when they're able to do so. With golfers, I use medicine ball work a lot where I have them, you know, get into their standing posture address, and then I just have them toss a medicine ball rotating, you know, from right to left to incorporate a little bit of rotation. So, Yes, I mean, we will try to move them as quickly as we can because we know golfers want to get back out there on the course. So on that note, each spring the weather gets a little bit better, the courses thaw, and golfers want to get out there too as quickly as possible. What's your advice to golfers when maybe they haven't touched the clubs in a few months, haven't made those repetitive motions in a few months, how they avoid injuries in the first place? You know, most of the time golfers do not warm up at all. They just head to the driving range or head to the course, and they grab their driver, and they just start, you know, hitting away. But your body definitely is not used to that, you know, if you haven't golfed all winter. You need to start with some exercises and some stretches at home a week or two before you even begin your practicing. But for sure, when you get to the driving range or the course, it's good to do a series of warm-up type stretches. And, you know, they might be as simple as putting a club behind your back and doing a little bit of rotation with a little stretch, using the club to apply a little gentle rotation stretch. A lot of times we'll have patients do some hamstring and calf stretching out at the course. And just make sure, you know, too, that if they're going to go play nine or 18 holes of golf, that you get there about a half hour early Walk around to warm your body up. Do some stretches. If you can get to the driving range for 10 minutes, that's the best warm-up right there. So let's close with this. You know, you see injured golfers all the time. Is there something from, you know, your interactions with them that you've come away with the sort of one thing you wish all golfers knew about either how to avoid injuries or rehab from them? I mean, from all the golfers that have come through your doors, if you could sort of impart the advice from dealing with them, what would that parting shot be? Well, I think, you know, a lot of golfers, myself included, are caught up sometimes in the equipment. 
and you think that, you know, if I buy this new club, you know, it's going to help my score. But really, your time would be better spent if you take into account your exercise and fitness level. And most of us, if we're honest, know that we need some work. We need some flexibility exercises. We need to get stronger. So that would be one thing, you know, to commit yourself to an exercise program and see a physical therapist if you're having pain because they can really identify the areas that you need to work on. And I think your golf game stands to improve if you do that. And for sure, you'll be less prone to have an injury out there if your fitness level is better. Yep, in the end, it takes a human to swing all that expensive equipment, so that makes sense. Correct. (laughs) Michael McKay, thank you so much for your time. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.